Remembering the great DJs of radio, it's Radio Greats with the live Luke. This time on Radio Greats, uh, my guest, well, best way uh, to describe him is um, a voice of many stations for the past 20 years. He has worked up and down the country on stations from Viking, Radio Air, GWR, Red Dragon, Capital Heart, TFM, Metro and Gem. And I look forward to learning a bit more about him in this podcast. But before I do, Dan Wood, how do I find you today? Uh, hey, Loki, I'm very good, thank you. Um, quite interesting to hear my uh, my station history kind of being read out there. I think there's more stations than I remembered working on there. So uh, hopefully I can, uh, I can share some memories with you if I can recall those days. There's quite a few. Well, I, maybe I should maybe I'd say just to name a few of those stations. <laughs> Yeah, well, thank you for inviting me on. I've looked at some of your uh, previous guests and you've had some, you know, massive names on there, which um, I, I wouldn't say I'm in the same calibre as, but it's uh, it's an honour to be, to be asked to come on. Well, and thank you ever so much for accepting the invitation, Dan. So I think the first question I have to ask, Dan, is uh, 20 years in the radio business. How was it you got the bug for radio? Well, my story might be um, a bit different to a lot of people because really I came into radio through specialist music shows. So it was through through house music, really. Um, because I remember, I've got like a vague memory of kind of the first time I remember listening to the radio, and that was in the car with my dad. Must have been around 10 years old, and he had Pete Tong on Radio 1 playing in the car, and I remember thinking, you know, even as a kid, God, this music's fantastic. And then when I kind of got into like, you know, my early teens, I really got the bug for, particularly like um, that Chicago, New York kind of house music sound. Um, and I'd spend all of my, you know, my pocket money on a weekend going to record shops. And, uh, and this was kind of a thing that I did for the, at least the next 10 years, all my spare money I'd go and spend on, on vinyl, really. That was, uh, what I did in CD mix albums. And then it was a couple of years later, I remember it was like a Friday night and my TV in my bedroom had broken. And I remember going downstairs, complaining to my dad, dad that I was a bit bored. You know, I played my, my Sega Mega Drive and bought all the games on there. And he said, why don't you take the radio upstairs? Probably just trying to get rid of me. Um, so I thought, oh, okay, that's a good idea. I took it up and it was a Friday night again. You know, I found, I think it was Pete Tong's show again, um, listening to Radio 1 and then hearing all of these, you know, amazing house tracks. And I remember that would then become a regular thing. I kept the radio in my room um, and listening to shows like, you know, Essential Mix and uh, Danny Rampling's Love Groove Dance Party. And then a few years later when um, TFM in the Northeast, because I lived in Darlington at the time, that's where I grew up. Um, there's shows like Neil Bentley did a show called Club TFM on a Saturday. And this was before I was old enough to go out clubbing. And I I had turntables in my bedroom, you know, nag my mum to get me some kind of cheap £100 belt drive. I think there was Citronics turntables to practice mixing in my bedroom. But then I'd listen to like, you know, Club TFM with Neil. And then when Kiss 105 started, that became Galaxy about a year later, you know, I, I just... When I did start going out, I'd have my mum at home, like, you know, recording DJs like Graham Park and people like that, you know, so I'd have them on my Walkman during the week because I was a bit of an anorak for house music, really. And I'd I'd write down all the tracks that they played or I'd buy Mix Mag or DJ Magazine um, and just kind of, you know, go to my record shop and say, oh, I heard a DJ play this on the radio at the weekend. Have you got a copy of it? So it was really that that got me into it. And then, I mean, when I became, I think, 17, I started playing in clubs around the Northeast and then Yorkshire. Uh, playing house music, and I went to university to Lincoln. And as soon as I got there, I wanted to get some club gigs. I approached all the local promoters and the bars. Ended up getting quite a few of them, but then realised that Lincoln University, where I went, had a student radio station. So it was called Siren FM. So one day, I've been at uni a couple of months. I went knocking on the door, and I was like, "Oh, you know, 
I'm a club DJ. You know, I like radio. Any chance I could do a, a couple of shows for you? You know, mixed shows playing house music and UK Garage I was playing then as well. So that's kind of where it started, really. Um, and then there was um, two guys that were on Saren FM, my uni station, um, Tom Bellwood and John Fox, Foxy and Tom, as they became known when they got on, the, on commercial radio. And they ended up getting the, the late show on Viking FM in their final, sh- final year of university. And they were like a year ahead of me. Um, and then it was around the time when uh, this was like late 2001 and EMAP were really, particularly in Yorkshire, going up against Galaxy 105 that was like the big dance station there. And they were trying to do all these specialist music shows on a weekend. So Viking on a weekend, it was literally wall-to-wall dance music all day Friday, all day Saturday. Um, and the programme controller there, Stuart Baldwin, he'd said to John Fox and Tom, you know, we want, do you know anyone that plays house music? We want like a, a specialist show. So they recommended me. And then, um, yeah, I went up on a Friday night, I think would have been around October 2001, completely dropped in the deep end. Tom was meant to do a, like a double-headed show with me to kind of welcome me in. He ended up going out in town and not coming back. So uh, <laughs> I was there in the studio, literally had to kind of figure this out myself. Luckily, there was a, a guy called Tony there, who was one of their tech ops, really held my hand, you know, sat with me for the, for the first hour. So I was eternally grateful to Tony. But that was it, really. I mean, I was in my dorm at university, I would, um, on a Friday afternoon, I would do maybe two or three hours of mixes and record them on a mini disc. And then I would get the train up to Hull from Lincoln on a Friday night, start on the radio at one o'clock in the morning and kind of play out all these mixes that I'd recorded during the day. So that's kind of where it started, really. It was like doing the Friday night overnight show on, on Viking. And then after a few months, they gave me like the Saturday night slot as well, um, playing house music. So it was kind of that route that I went into really a little bit different from a lot of people. It was via specialist music shows. But then as it turned out, I quite enjoyed doing radio and the program controller of Viking FM moved over to Radio Air in Leeds, um, Stuart Baldwin. And he offered like me to do a bit of cover work over there on the, the mainstream music show. So playing, you know, the chart music that they played all day. So I did like, a couple of Fridays for him and then ended up doing the evening show on Radio Air a year or two later. So that was my entry into it, really. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't recording DJs or listening to jingles or anything like that, like a lot of, you know, radio people do. It was really through, kind of fell into it by accident, I suppose. So when you're digging out the songs that you can sing along to, soundtrack to your Saturday night, it is Downward at Viking FM. Awesome, that. Jocelyn Brown and somebody else's guy, uh, DJ Sammy Heaven and Jennifer Lopez, get right in there as well. So you're in the mood for a massive night out tonight. Get on the case and get us a text in. Let us know your plans for this evening. If we can get you a tune on Viking that would really get you ready for a Saturday night as well, text us right now. Let us know your plans. 07753. 969969 Elisa in Brid off on a hen night in York tonight. I want to say hello to uh, Donna coming from all the girls at work today. Uh, Lottie in York being on the text as well. And Mikey as well. He said, Have you got any of those uh, big 80s remixes, Dan? Doesn't come much bigger than this. The Groove Cutters and we close our eyes at Viking. But then moving over to Leeds and then going to Radio Air, how different was it compared to Viking? Weirdly, Radio Air was in many ways a smaller station, even though it covered a major city. Um, you know, around that time, I remember kind of Radio Air were being attacked by both ends of the market, really, because you had real radio in Leeds and you had Galaxy as well that were like two massive stations that were kind of eating either end of Radio Air's audience. So it was a bit of a challenging station to work on. You're just kind of figuring out where we fit into the market. And obviously we played really heavily on the local side of it, you know, kind of really wanting to own that Leeds market. Um, but I loved it. I mean, I've always loved Leeds as a city. And, you know, for nightlife, I'd say, you know, 
it's up there with Manchester, if not, you know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, I probably preferred Leeds, you know, as a as a nightlife city to to Manchester, if I'm honest. So there was always something about being on the radio in a city that I loved. And it just felt like a really cool place around that time. And I mean, when I was on Radio Air, I did the evening show. So it was kind of the, um, you know, the more music driven show where we do all the interviews of new artists and, you know, people that were coming through really. So I remember obviously the Kaiser Chiefs, they were coming through from Leeds in the mid 2000s when I was there. And, you know, we may as well have got them like their own office that are in Radio Air that much. They're coming on the evening show once a month and talk about the new tracks and we go out and do live events with them. And uh, you had bands like Embrace that had a big comeback in the mid-2000s as well. Um, and I remember, you know, we'd often get a lot of the record labels would bring new artists around. So I remember interviewing Calvin Harris when he first started. And uh, actually, we didn't have a studio for him, so I ended up interviewing him in a, in a news booth that was basically a cupboard um, just to kind of, you know, talk about his new album. And obviously, he went on to be a massive star. So it really did, I mean... I enjoyed doing it as someone who loved music and the fact that, you know, I was interviewing guys like, you know, Osher, I did an interview with him once and Akon and, it, you know, it kind of felt like we really had our finger on the pulse of kind of what was happening in music at that time. So, yeah, and, and just being in a big city on the radio like Leeds, you know, I, I thought that was really enjoyable. In Take your spot, 96.3 Radio Air Leeds and hubby doing well. It's downward here for Wednesday evening. Officially made it to that point in the week where it is now all downhill to the weekend, baby. Sugar Babes have released their greatest hit CD this week. That's Push the Button and 712. I'm going to play your brand new Justin Timberlake now. Well, how long were you at Burley Road for? And well, I joined there in, I think that was around October 2002. It's about a year after I'd been at Viking. And then I took over the evening show in 2003, I think. And then I stayed there doing evenings, but I still did weekends on Viking for a while. And Alex Pepper used to do like a syndicated Saturday night floor fillers show across Yorkshire. So that went out on um, Viking, Radio Air and Hallam FM. And then when he left, I remember covering that for a while. So I did, you know, some kind of Yorkshire syndicated shows for a bit. And I also did cover work on Hallam. You know, I'd often be there kind of mid-morning or drive cover you know, because I wasn't on the radio till the evening in Leeds. So um, I stayed there until they networked evenings from Manchester. So that would have been around 2007. And you mentioned uh, interviewing Calvin Harris, Usher, the Kaiser Chiefs. Was there ever a favourite guest you had on um, your show that you enjoyed interviewing? Well, they're all all really interesting. I mean, apart, there was one or two names I probably won't mention who, you know, were awful. But I think in general, most of them... Most of the you know, celebrities and stuff like that, I always thought were really nice people. Uh, James Blunt, you always got a lot of value out of him. And if you follow James on Twitter today, he's very self-deprecating. You know, he'll really take the mickey out of himself and not care. And he was always like that in interviews. You know, when he came in back in the day, it'd always be such a good laugh. And we used to do um, some massive music events in Leeds. So we did a party in the park at Roundhay Park where we could have a... It was like a free music event that we used to do with the council. And... I think it was around 70,000 people would come to them. So I kind of split my duties between being on stage, introducing the acts with, you know, the other presenters, but also I, because I did the evening show, I generally do the backstage live bit on the radio. So all of the artists that came in that were going to perform on stage, you know, like Girls Aloud, people like that, um, they would all come into the, the backstage studio and interview them on the radio, then they'd walk up onto the stage. So, yeah, I mean, that was a big part of what I did. At Radio Air, it was a lot of kind of interviews 
you know, with, with, with music stars. You, this life is more than just a read-through. 96.3 Radio World Leeds then. Hope you're doing well for Friday afternoon. Of course, celebrating the fact that we've now made it to the end of the week. And if you're going to be out and about tonight, starting the weekend off. Plenty of good stuff going on in town, as you'd expect. Radio West Griffo will be down there at Baja Beach Club sporting his very fetching coat of cash. And also the brand new Bond movie Casino Royale with Daniel Craig in his first role as 007 showing now too. And more ideas online at RadioWest.com. So starting out on Viking, um, making your name on Radio Air and then also doing a cover for Hallam in Sheffield and, uh, and I mean, work, working for three of the biggest stations in the Yorkshire region. April 2007 arrives and uh, this time you uh, move on down to Bristol to uh, begin work with uh, the One Network. Yeah, well, I mean, in my, my last couple of years at EMAP, um, before Bow took them over, I was also doing a lot of the, the digital stations as well. So we had um, a digital-only station called The Hits that used to go out nationwide. It was on um, Freeview and DAB and Satellite, I think it was on too. So I did like various shows on there kind of pre-recorded. I did the breakfast show for a, for a, about a year on there, actually, in around 2006, I want to say. Um, and Heat Radio, that was another brand that we had, too. I did, like, um, a few you know, Friday nights we used to do, and they're, like, their party show and Saturday night. All kind of voice track pre-recorded shows. So I was working on these big brands, and, I mean, there were, you know, the hits had really good listening figures. Um, and they had, they had, like, a TV channel as well that, I guess, kind of helped prop the brand up. But that was kind of my first taste of, you know, kind of semi-national radio, if you like. And then, like I mentioned before, EMAP, um, syndicated the evening shows on their stations in 2007. So it meant that my evening show on Radio Air was coming to an end. And they kind of, you know, talked to me about doing some other stuff in the group and I tried out for Rock FM afternoons. Um, there's a few other things like that. But then, yeah, I saw that GCAP were looking for um, a new syndicated presenter, sent them an email and a demo down, got invited down to Bristol um, for a meeting with uh, Joe Littlehales, her name was, um, Dirk Anthony's wife who um, she was recruiting for a new, it turned out to be a, a syndicated overnight presenter for a show called Music On Demand. Um, and then I got a phone call saying that, you know, they want to offer me the gig. At first I thought they'd call the wrong person because it was like, you know, it was a really big patchy cover. I think it was like 48 stations were on all the way from like, you know, Plymouth to Nottingham, from Birmingham down to Essex, you know, pretty much, you know, from the Midlands down, really, the whole country was kind of covered. So I ended up doing, um, yeah, that was Monday to Thursday initially. And then they give me the early breakfast show on a weekend too. So that was um, from 4 till 8 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday. And that was a really interesting show to do because um, there's definitely something different about being on the radio that time of night. I've always quite enjoyed doing like late night or overnight shows because you just get like, I find the audience is generally a lot more invested in what you're doing and you just get all kinds of people calling in and I mean a big part of that show was that we'd do um you know it was like a request show really that we did all night so and they give me like quite a, a free reign to play pretty much whatever I wanted because it's in you know, the middle of the night I guess and it was really that bothered but someone could ring in and ask for like you know anything that was on the computer system and generally I was allowed to play it so it was a really fun show to do actually I, I did enjoy my time in Bristol The Killers Somebody Tell Me Early Breakfast New Music and welcome to Friday morning then you got Danwood here at 5.13 getting you on brand new Sean Kingston now that actually nicks a sample from an old Led Zeppelin record who are normally really really stingy with their samples I think only the uh, second time ever they've cleared one and this is brand new it's called Me Love oh, 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 oh. why'd you have to go away from and I mean um 
you'd said about the one network they ran about 40 different stations yeah so were were, they, were these stations like the radio trents and um or, and also pirate fm or was that still or was that still under emap now bauer at that time yeah i mean god there was that many of them I, I couldn't really list them all but yeah the big ones were yeah brmb um in birmingham that was still part of the, that group then um, Trent FM was another big one. Essex FM, um, yeah, like a GWR FM in Bristol. It was like the station I was based at. Uh, Red Dragon as well. Power FM on the South Coast. It was kind of all those kind of big heritage stations, really, um, that gradually all got rebranded to Heart. And that was kind of my my last days when Global took us over. It was I was um, kind of we had a cluster of stations that we kind of rebrand to Heart, kind of one at a time. So generally, my audience would be like, "Yeah, there's another five stations going to Heart tonight. You've got to kind of, you know, transition them over that kind of thing." So that was kind of a, my last days there were were spent doing that, I suppose. And you you threw in Red Dragon in in the mix there because you actually did some cover with Red Dragon. Yeah, well, I did because um, I was based in Bristol. Um, one day, Paul Andrew, who was the program controller of GWR, he uh, dropped me an email and he said, "Look, I know you do the overnight show. If you're not too tired, we've got some uh, mid morning shows on G." WRFM covering um if you want to do those so I said oh yeah cool so I did like a, a week of doing mids on there so I, you know finished at six o'clock luckily I lived very close to where the radio station was so I'd go back home you know have a little lie on the couch for like two or three hours have a cup of coffee walk back around again and then stop back on the radio at 10 o'clock so I'd often be like the main cover jock for GWR in Bristol and in Bath they had another station as well that came from the studio opposite that often I think a lot of that would be voice tracked actually. So I'd record shows for for the bath service that they did. Um, so I was doing all of GWR's cover pretty much. And then it was a guy called Paul Kay, who was the program controller at Red Dragon. And he got in touch one day, he said, Look, you know, you're you're our overnight presenter. We need a couple of evening shows covering if you if you don't mind a trip over to Cardiff. So I ended up doing um yeah, again, I mean, when I wasn't covering during the day on GWR, I'd often be on Red Dragon. So I kind of became their main cover presenter. Um, covering like you know mids and then afternoons and actually they did local evenings at the time they didn't take uh, the networked evening show for some reason so I actually did a good couple of months on the evening show at Red Dragon um, at one point and I had um, yeah every Saturday afternoon I did for about a year on there too that was kind of my show Saturday two till six on a Saturday afternoon so I enjoyed Red Dragon I mean at the time it was a bit more because it was a former Capital Group station their music was a bit younger it was a bit more kind of you know a capital style i suppose really top 14 you know not much of that kind of 90s stuff on there that you get on the rest of the network so it did feel like a really energetic upbeat station so i did really enjoy working on red dread so welcome to tuesday morning the third of july it's dan Wood here with early breakfast approaching 5 30 let's get you something brand new on the air this single from the album music city soul written from the heart as well after beverly knight went through a long-term relationship breakup this brand new single is called after you at early breakfast well the one network has always sounded like a lot of fun to work on and stations like red dragon gwr power brmb trent all those big uh, local stations. What was your highlight with the One Network? Well, I'd say for me, having just worked on um, the radio in Yorkshire before that, I think the fact that it, it was a national brand, and even though, you know, my show was going out kind of, you know, off-peak, you could say, even though I did cover some evening shows and stuff later on, um, you know, like Friday, Saturday evenings I did for a while on the later days of the network, but it just felt big. And, you know, at one stage when Global took us over, they moved us all from... Um, Bristol to London. So I was doing my show from Leicester Square, which was a bit of a weird setup because you couldn't actually hear the show in London. 
even though we're actually broadcasting from London. So they kind of set up like a, a fake radio station, if you like, where you'd walk up the studio and there was like a, a hi-fi kind of set up there. And they were kind of transmitting it somehow in the building on FM so we could tune in in the building. It was very bizarre. But it's just, I mean, I get messages from, you know, mates of mine who lived in, in Birmingham or Nottingham and, you know, who may be driving back from gigs or they've been out to a nightclub and they're in a taxi and listening to me. You know, people that were hundreds of miles away. So you kind of got, you know, it felt like you were on a nationwide station. And and the fact that you were hearing from people all over the place, I was getting phone calls from Brighton and Nottingham. And yeah, it just, it just felt like such a big station that you were on. I think that was definitely the highlight. Dan Wood, The Early Breakfast. This is 103.2 Power FM, today's best music. Well, as you mentioned, Global uh, later took over the One Network and you uh, begin doing shows for um, Heart on there. Uh, and also, uh, don't you do a, a bit of work as well for Capital too? Yeah, well, I did. I just, just tried out on there once. It was just kind of a one-off on Capital. But um, but for Heart, I did quite a lot of the network cover for a while. So I was doing kind of... They, they brought me back over to Bristol to do some stuff on there. I did some like local shows in Reading as well. Uh, Milton Keynes, I was on there for a bit. So it was kind of like wherever they needed cover after the rebrand happened, I kind of hung around for a few months and just kind of did that. I mean, they did talk to me about doing some local shows, but um, at the time, I mean, my contract had come up and I fancied a bit of a break. So um, I, I really liked the Heart brand, though. I thought, you know, those stations, particularly at the time, it just felt like a really focused brand because the One Network, as good as it was, it kind of felt like they had lots of stations that were kind of doing their own thing. Like they kind of had... um. I think it was like three different playlists that they ran during the day. They had like, you know, one playlist, two and three. And you weren't really exactly sure which station was taking which one. So in some ways it was a bit disjointed and having all the different station names as well meant that when you were doing network shows, because I mean, I had a producer for the first couple of months when I did the overnight show, but after that I was doing it all on my own. So doing stuff like split links and everything, it was kind of a a bit beyond my scope to do like, you know, 48 split links <laughs> on my own every night. So it meant that you couldn't mention any station names. You had to kind of play it off a hotkey. So that kind of felt a bit weird. But when Heart came along, it just felt really uniform, like a really slick brand as well. And I loved their production. And I thought the music policy they had was like spot on. Um, so I enjoyed working on Heart. I mean, I only did it for about maybe three or four months before I left. And then I took a bit of a break and ended up uh, back in the Northeast, actually, after that. And uh, going back up to the northeast, and uh, as you mentioned, growing up, you used to listen to Radio One, but also uh, TFM. Yeah. And um, this time now, September two thousand nine, you begin work with both Metro Radio, which is just up the road in Newcastle, and as well as that, TFM. Yeah, I did. I mean, when I left Global, um, I kind of had a summer where <laughs> I, I've got a friend who lives in Hollywood, and he said, "Why, why don't you come out and just spend the summer out here? What you know, what you do?" And I was like, oh, "Okay." It's not a bad idea. So um, I think I left Global in like July and then I went to, um, I lived in Hollywood till about October. So I had a good summer out there Then thought, right, okay, I'm going to have to go back now, get a job and all that. So went back to my state, my, my parents just briefly, I thought, you know, for a month or so, um, sent a demo tape up to Chris Pegg, who was the program controller at Metro at the time. He really liked it, invited me in for a chat. Um, I ended up doing, I think it was a week of drive cover on there for a while. 
So I again, you know, just going in doing cover shifts. And then the weekend breakfast slots became available about a month later. So it ended up I was doing um, like 6 till 10 a.m. on a Saturday and Sunday on Metro, kind of all their cover as well. And um, the guy that was doing mid-mornings left. So they were looking for a new mid-morning presenter. And I ended up covering it for about God, two or three months from memory um, with talk of maybe me doing it full time, which didn't emerge in the end. Um, but then also I was doing CFM was just down the road. And like you mentioned, it was kind of the, you know, the local station I listened to as a kid. So I always really liked TFM. Um, and I've got, you know, memories of listening to that back in the nineties, like I mentioned. So I emailed Alex Rowland, who was a program controller there. So look, I'm doing stuff on Metro. I'm only about eight miles away. If you, if you ever need any cover work doing, he's like, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm really struggling to get cover presenters at the moment. So I ended up doing pretty much all their cover as well. Uh, and Saturday afternoons, he gave me the Saturday afternoon show that I did for about a year on there too. So it was really cool. I mean, the fact that, you know, my mum could listen to me in the kitchen was just like something different because all these other stations I'd worked on were all around the country. Actually being on the radio on your home patch always feels a bit more special, I think. And they were great stations. I mean, Metro and TFM merged a couple of years after I left. So the kind of one big Northeast station now, but at the time, I mean, there were, there were local pretty much, yeah, 12 hours a day at least, even more in Metro's case, because we had night owls on there on an evening. So I think the only network shows that Metro took were the overnight show. So at the time, I mean, you know, 2010, 2011, yeah, these were like, you know, big local stations who were pretty much local all around the world. Playing more music variety Saturday morning on Metro Radio with Donna Lewis, B.O.B., Bruno Mars in there as well. And love that. The big comeback single from Train and Hey Soul Sister. And the last big Train hit in the charts was back in 2001 with a song called Drops of Jupiter. But if you knew that already, then maybe you'd be perfect for Clive Warren's pop quiz. They're going to be starting on Metro Radio in a couple of weeks' time. And basically, if you listen to Metro Radio throughout the day at work, you and your teammates get together, form a little group, maybe win a really cool meal for six of you at Nino's Restaurant in the Gate in Newcastle. Just by knowing your musical knowledge, you can find out more by heading to the website and register at metroradio.co.uk. Right, the Kings of Leon playing soon. When you were when you were doing shows for TFM, was it still based at um, its um, original HQ in, uh, was it Stockton? Yes, it was yeah, in Thornaby, um, which I think their student flats these days, the old TFM building. But it's right there. It's actually when you go over the bridge from Stockton into Thornaby, it's like the first building you see on the banks of the river. Really massive custom-made building when it was built back in the 90s. I can't even imagine how many staff they must have had back then to fill a building that size. But also they ran um, like the local magic service out of there as well. So there's kind of two stations coming out of there. You had um, TFM and uh, Magic 1170, I think was the frequency that was on. So, I mean, there was two kind of full-time stations running from there. And um, what what was... Um because growing up and listening to TFM and now getting the opportunity to work for TFM, what was your highlight with them? Yeah, well, I think it was just, like I mentioned before, being on the radio, my home patch, you know, when I was a kid listening to TFM, never even dreamed that or even entered my mind that one day I might work on the radio. So it was a bit surreal actually being in the studio where it, all these shows came from that I listened to growing up. But I think as well, there's, there's a friend of mine, my um, friend Graham, who I went to school with, who I hadn't seen I mean, I went to school with Graham when I was about eight, nine years old. And he uh, messaged me on Facebook one day. He goes, is that you on TFM? I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh my God. He goes, I'll drive over, you know, come see you, we'll go for a coffee. So I thought that was really cool. The fact that, you know, friends of mine who I hadn't seen for years kind of <laughs> knew I was back in the area because they heard me on the local radio station, I thought was a pretty cool thing. Um, but I think, yeah, it was just just that, the fact that being on the radio in your, in your hometown, there's just something really special about that. I think. 
after a five-year wait, she finally gets to play Glastonbury later on today. Love that big comeback single from Kylie and all the lovers. It's more music variety, Metro Radio, into James Morrison. December of uh, 2010 comes along, and uh, the station that um, you began your career with uh, invites you back. Um, to do cover, wasn't it? Viking FM. Yeah, well, obviously at the time, I mean, I was working for TFM and Metro, but then I also ended up doing some cover back in Yorkshire again on Radio Air, as it turns out, actually. Um, So I covered like a few mid-morning shows on there and drive for a bit, but also there was a a late-night show called um, Late and Live that Steve Priestley used to host around then. And that was kind of a Kind of a late late night love kind of show, you know, very relaxing music, and that was from ten till one at night. And they invited me down to cover that show because I'd had network experience before. So I ended up doing um, kind of his cover when he, ever he was off for you know about six months. I was doing that kind of off and on, and then yeah, Viking got in touch with me, and they I think their drive presenter had just left, so they were looking for someone to kind of cover the afternoon show while they sorted it out. Um, and bearing in mind I was living in Darlington. Still at the time, which it's a bit of a trek from Darlington to Hull. Um, I think it was a good, probably a two-hour drive each day, there and back. And when I was doing it, I don't know if you remember, but there was a really bad snowstorm that winter. I think it was 2010. Um, and I remember <laughs> some terrifying trips on the motorway, you know, on the M1 doing about three miles an hour, you know, in like blizzard conditions trying to get down to Hull. As it turned out, eventually they kind of put us up in a hotel, Um it's on the banks of the river down there uh, because it was quite treacherous conditions to drive in. But yeah, I ended up covering the um, yeah the afternoon show drive on, on Viking for a couple of months around that time. And it was a bit surreal kind of, you know, coming back a decade later to be in that building again and doing shows from there. But um, obviously having a bit more experience under my belt. I really enjoyed doing it though. Um, and as it turns out, they actually offered me the gig full time. <laughs> and I got two phone calls on the same day. You know, it's typical this. I didn't have a full-time radio gig for about two years, then got offered two on the same day. Well, before before um, we go on to that other station, I have to I have to ask, uh, being back at Viking FM 10 years since um, you last presented there, had anything changed in particular? Yeah, I mean, the building had kind of just been modernised when I was there. So we've got like a new kitchen and everything, which obviously had been there 10 years by the time I went back. I think the studios have been refitted as well. I remember there was like a different desk in there too. Um but some of the people were still the same. I mean, obviously, you know, in any industry, a decade later, you go back somewhere. Not everyone's going to be there, but I was quite surprised by, you know, there were quite a few familiar faces still there when I went back. Um, but in terms of everything else, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, the station format wasn't much different. And uh, it was also a good station to work on, though, because Viking Day just kind of let you get on with it. It wasn't really ever, you know, some places you work and they really pull apart everything you do. Um, but I think on Viking, because it was also a station that did quite well, they just kind of trusted you to get on with it. For details. Across Yorkshire and Northern Lincolnshire on 96.9 FM, on digital, mobile and online with the best mix of music. Viking FM. It's five you were offered the drive, as you said, but then another station uh, called you up. And ju- just given a sort of um, history about this, because this had originally been Heart 106 beforehand, but it was, yeah. uh, wasn't, am I right in thinking just as uh, they offered you this position, it was just about to change names? Yeah, well, I got in touch with um, David Lloyd, who um, had founded Orion Media with Phil Riley, because um, it was something to do with the, the competition commission wouldn't let Global own both BRMB 
Heart and Capital and over in Nottingham, it wouldn't let them own Heart 106 and Trent FM or Capital as that became. So that to sell those stations off. So um, Orion Media had kind of been running them, but as it turns out, they decided they wanted to go with their own brands instead. Uh, the way this happened is I remember getting in touch with David because he'd advertised, I think it was on um, Media UK's job section. I was on their kind of email alerts and one day it came through and obviously I was covering Drive on Viking, but I thought, well, if a full-time gig comes up, I'll take one of those. Um, and they were looking for presenters in the Midlands. And I, I knew Nottingham because I went to university in Lincoln and we'd always travel over to Nottingham on a weekend, you know, for shopping or uh, I used to DJ in a few clubs here in Nottingham regularly as well. So I kind of knew the area. Um, and I thought, well, if they're advertising for presenters, it must be on either Trent or BRMB, one of these big stations. I thought, well, I'll get in touch. And I've been on those stations before when I was on the network show. So I got in touch with David and then he invited me in for a chat. Now, as it turns out, I got quite lucky because I was driving down from Darlington, again, you know, about a two-hour drive. I turned up quite early. So I was in the, I think my meeting was like at 11 a.m., but I got to Heart 106's car park at like quarter past 10. So I thought, well, I don't look too keen. So I'll, I'll sit in the car for a bit, just going through my phone. And then I saw another email from Media UK, headline news that, you know, Heart 106 is rebranding to Gem 106. So as it turns out, luckily, because I got there quite early, I was kind of briefed on the rebrand. They'd literally just put the press release out 15 minutes before I got there. So if I'd have got there kind of, you know, 5 to 11 or something, I probably wouldn't have been clued up on what was going on. But as it turns out, you know, my timing worked out quite well. It certainly did work out well. And um, after that chat with uh, David Lloyd, am I right in thinking he gives you the weekday mid-morning show? Yeah, so it's weird because I got um, a phone call from... Kenny at Viking saying, you know, they want someone, they've enjoyed what I did on the afternoon show. Would I be interested in taking it full time? Um, and I had to tell him that uh, yeah, half an hour earlier, David Lloyd had called me and offered me the mid-morning show on uh, on Gem. So I had a bit of a dilemma and Kenny's like, well, you know, what kind of money are they offering you? You know, we'll see if we can maybe get a bit more or whatever. But I thought, you know, I'd been at Viking already. I'd done two stints there and Gem was like, you know, a massive and still is, you know, a really big regional station. Um, obviously a new company that I hadn't worked for before. So I thought it's a bit of a new challenge, a new city. So um, yeah, I ended up doing the yeah mid-morning weekday show on GEM. So that was at 10 till 2.30 p.m. It's quite a random hours actually, yeah, till half two in the afternoon. Um, also did weekends on there. So I mean, I did all kinds of shows on a weekend in my 10 years that I was at GEM. But also one of the things that appealed to me because outside of radio, I've always been really interested in technology. And I think that kind of comes from my, my parents. My mum was a uh, mainframe computer programmer in the 70s, and my dad was a circuit board designer. So I've kind of got that DNA in me, you know, of, of technology. And I think, you know, the only reason that I didn't get into working in computers was probably some like, you know, teenage rebellion. My mum wanted me to come and work with her at the town hall in computers. And she'd tell me all these stories about, you know, 20-year-olds that she knew that were driving Porsches, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, no, I want to go and be a DJ. Um, so I'd actually really got into doing online work. And I mean, I've always done kind of, um, I've done YouTube for like 13 years. I've, I've been really into podcasting and blogging I was into back in the day. And, you know, I created a couple of websites when I was at university that I sold off for, a, you know, a good sum for a 20-year-old. Um, so I've always kind of been really into technology. And one of the things I said to David is, um, I'd love to do the, the mid-morning show, but also uh, I'd love to manage your social media accounts as well, because I've been doing that for a few companies. So that was kind of, a, I think, maybe something that helped me cinch the deal there as well, uh, because I um, 
I ended up being their, their social media manager as well as an on-air presenter that I did for uh, you know ten years alongside me on that. This was such an epic song, wasn't it? Huge number one from Shakespeare's sister. And stay before that, Diana Ross, Estelle and Kanye, American Boy, hearing all those songs mixed up on Gem, where we're playing nothing but number one songs all throughout Bank Holiday Monday afternoon. And hi to Jennifer and Claire, listening in Long Eaton. They're having a lazy day at home in their onesies as they've been to their friend Hannah's Hindu over the weekend. Apparently it lasted for two days. They're feeling a little bit rough today. Plenty of strong black coffee, you'll be all right. The back to work tomorrow morning, so you want to take it easy this afternoon and stay with me. Maybe a couple of Easter eggs if you've got any left. That might sort you out. And if you want to text me, love to find out what you're getting up to today. If you need the number, text me on 87867. Start your message with the word gem. And a group of guys from the Midlands who are kind of the British Jackson 5, they're on the way, and some Phil Collins. Playing nothing but number ones. Well, am I right in thinking around about... This time, when you when you joined Gem, even though social media has existed since, well, really the early uh, the, the mid two thousands, but it really two thousand and ten eleven is really when social media was really beginning to take off. Yeah, well, I'd say then. I mean, yeah, a lot of companies were still trying to get their head around it. I mean, you think you know, twenty ten, Facebook had only really been popular for about three years. Um, and a lot of companies were kind of slow moving towards that. You know, they'd, they'd often they'd hire marketing managers who might not have much of a clue about the digital side of it back then. So I think, you know, I, I kind of made myself quite valuable to Orion because I ended up doing some stuff, you know, when BRMB and Free Radio kind of been part of the online team with those guys as well. So it's quite an integral part of it. I'd often, you know, been, been kind of called over to Manchester to, I used to sit on board meetings at Orion Media sometimes, you know, talking about kind of what's happening in online. Um, and often go over there to do presentations to their sales team, you know, about doing successful commercial campaigns on digital. So, yeah, that was quite a big part of my job, actually, when I joined there, doing the online side of it was probably, you know, 50% with the on-air stuff. As as well as that, I mean, um, Gem has been sounded a lot like a really fun station and some of the names who have worked there, uh, not least to say Joe and Sparky, you've done breakfast there. Um, I believe David Francis also did a few shows uh, with Gem. Yeah. Um, and didn't a, um, wasn't a young Phil Ray also on Gem? He was, yeah. Phil, still probably the most enthusiastic person I've ever met in a radio studio. I love Phil. Um, yeah, and he came in there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, really enthusiastic, wanted to get involved in everything. Um, I remember he actually worked um, scheduling our music for a while as well. He, he did a lot of stuff in the office. So, yeah, Phil was one of these guys, and I think every station needs a Phil Ray. You know, one person will come in and just be enthusiastic and love everything about it. I mean, he'd go on air, do the evening show. He'd work in the office all day. Yeah, he couldn't get enough of it. So he was definitely a very valued part Things of the team. Things feel so much better <laughs> on a Friday night. It's Gem Anthems. Hello, my name's Phil Ray. Nobody else in the East Midlands is doing this for you. I'd like to know what you're doing for Friday night. Let me know. Put your name on the text 63103. Start your message with the word Gem. Let's get you in the Anthems Club after this from LMC versus U2. Take me to the clouds above on Gem. And as well as that, you're, um, you were picking up 500, am I right in thinking 561,000 listeners? Yeah, it was a very big station, Gem. And I think, you know, particularly because the music we were playing at the time, uh, you know, you've got Capital in the region, but they are very top 40 focused. So I think the fact that Gem was kind of, you know, it, it kind of retained all the, the audience that Heart had. And because there isn't a Heart station on FM in the East Midlands, it kind of meant we were quite well placed, I think, to kind of find our own audience. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a really popular station. 12 years of presenting the mid-morning show uh, with Gem. 
And um, as you mentioned, um, becoming social media manager, uh, picking up 561,000 and also working with many big names uh, in the East Midlands. Was there, what was your main highlight if you could pick one? Well, the amount of stuff we used to do on Gem just to kind of get the listeners involved as well and celebrate the East Midlands. I remember one, one memory that sticks in mind was when, uh, you remember Sam Bailey won the X Factor um, and there was uh, myself and Dangerous Dave, who was on the breakfast show. We actually did like a red carpet event for her in Leicester. So we like rolled out the red carpet, hired a cinema, did like a welcome home party. Um, she was on stage kind of doing some songs with a massive packed out audience. And we kind of hosted that. And even when we got like um, acts who'd come to the East Midlands, like when Kylie Minogue came here, we had a good relationship with the arena. So we'd, uh, we'd do like Kylie parties and the official pre-parties in town and invite listeners to them and uh it was just stuff like that. I think the fact that we really felt, you know, felt like we had our finger on the pulse of what was happening in the East Midlands, and we we just try and get involved in kind of everything that we could that kind of our target audience liked. I mean, you know, Love Island parties we often did those, where we'd have our Love Island final viewing parties in bars in Derby and Leicester, and invite a load of listeners down and uh, just meeting them face to face. And we did like a yeah, there was like a, a pub quiz kind of tour that we did all across the East Midlands as well, where Joe and Sparky would take their show on the road and I'd help out, you know, DJing there and, you know, doing stuff for social as well. So, uh, yeah, it was an incredible time. Um, like you said, I left GM in June of this year, but I think out of anywhere that I've worked, I mean, that was by far my favourite place. Just a wonderful bunch of people and a massive station. And, uh, yeah, just, just you know, an absolute honour to to have that time at GM on my CV, I think. You're listening to Jam. Great to have you joining me, Dan Wood, on Wednesday morning, playing all the big sing-along songs, as you expect from Jam, stuff like that, like Three Boys and Larger Than Life. And Amy is going to be back tomorrow morning with Sam. And, of course, Small Talk returns. Now, if you want your little ones to get out of bed in the morning with a bit of a spring in their step, give them something to look forward to before school, why don't you try and get them on Small Talk one morning this week? Now, all you've got to do is nip onto our website, gem106.co.uk, to register them. And we're going to give all our little contestants this week the chance to win a Hatchimal. Now, these, obviously, the most in-demand toys at the moment. My little goddaughter, Alba, she goes wild with these. She's obsessed with them. And you'll also get a great family day out to the National Civil War Centre in Newark. Now, there you get to see an amazing large-screen cinema, get involved in all their interactive exhibits, including dressing up and meeting musketeers. So we've got your chance to win that brilliant family day out and a Hatchimal. All you've got to do is register to get your little ones on Small Talk by going to our website right now, gem106.co.uk. You left Gem uh, this year as it um, merged with the Hits Network. Do you miss uh, the days of being behind the mic? Well, I'm still doing a bit of it. And, you know, I've, I've got to admit, I, I kind of expected them to merge Gem with the rest of the network about three or four years ago, to be honest. So my time there actually lasted longer than I thought it would. But it was always something I kind of saw coming. And, you know, it's totally understandable. That's the way the industry is these days. And I think, you know, it, it's the right choice they made to get it in line with the rest of the network. You know, these, these big national brands are what brings in the advertising money now, and there's more competition than ever in um, in the media industry now. Um, but I still do, you know, a bit for them. I'm actually, um, I've been doing kind of a week, a month at Hallam FM for the last few months. So I did like a week in June, week in July, week in August. Um, I'm actually back at GEM in October. I'm doing a week of cover there for, for Joe and Sparky when they're off. And I've still been helping them out with social media. So I've kind of kept, kept that side of it. Um, you know, while, while they transition to 
a new digital person. So I'm still kind of involved in the company um, and I'm helping like Joan Sparky out with some live event stuff they're doing soon. So I've still got a good relationship with Bauer and I still look for doing, you know, kind of any any work they want me to do. I did some stuff with Milo and Rosie up at Pulse One recently, helping them with an OB. So, I mean, I love radio. I love the company. I love these stations as well. So if you know, any opportunity I get to kind of do anything with them, you know, I'll always say yes to. I mean, outside of that, though, I mean, because I kind of saw the way the industry was going, um, I, I mainly work in podcasting these days. So I work with um, a, a dad's network of podcasts that I help produce for and do digital management with. I'm working with a big sports podcast that I produce now as well. Um, I've done my own video games podcast for about seven years that we take all over the world. Um, we just got back from hosting a weekend in Norway, at an event over there. We're doing one in uh, in Germany next month as well. So you know, these like video games events invite us to host their panels on stage and that kind of thing. So in many ways, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm behind a mic as much as I ever was, just uh, not necessarily on the radio, but I'm still doing, you know, all, all this stuff in podcasting. And, uh, you know, I've got a YouTube channel that I've done for 13 years now as well that I'm, you know, trying to do uh, kind of technology documentaries. I'm trying to do one of those a week at the moment on there. So I think in many ways, it kind of feels like um, there is more opportunity than ever now to get content out there. Um, and I've been doing a bit of stuff with the, the guys at North Derbyshire Radio. You know, Sean Goldsmith, who works there, he, he's a really nice guy. And he's, you know, really been, you know, looking after me, I guess, since I left radio, making sure everything's all right. Um, and he asked me, you know, would you mind recording a couple of shows for us? And for a bit of fun, I was like, yeah, I'll do it for you. That's fine. Um, but, but I think there is definitely an opportunity there in this kind of what feels like a, a second wave of kind of small scale commercial radio that's kind of coming along now. And, you know, there are a lot of digital stations that I listen to, like you've got um, Mom's Spaghetti in Birmingham. That's got Graham Park on The Breakfast Show. It's one of my all-time favourite DJs. Love Graham Park. Um, and My Soul Radio, that's from London, you know, that plays all the music I love because, you know, I'm a bit of a soul boy at heart, really. And, you know, Soulful House music and that kind of stuff, too. They have all these incredible shows on a weekend. So it kind of feels like now with the rise of uh, DAB and internet radio, I mean, I've got about... Uh, seven or eight Amazon Echoes around my house. You know, I can listen to any station in any room of the house that I want. I've even got one in my car as well. So it kind of feels like even though the big brands in radio have kind of consolidated into these national brands, it does kind of feel like there is an opportunity now for these smaller, more niche stations to come along and get their own audience, I think. Good morning. Just got nine o'clock on Friday. Nice to have you hanging out with me, Dan Wood, in for Big John at breakfast. I'm going to play a throwback from Justin Timberlake and that massive LF system. Afraid to feel song coming through soon. So today, it could be you winning life-changing money on the summer cash register. Did you hear it yesterday? Dave won over £42,000. One minute, he's sitting in the car. Outside the hospital, waiting for his wife to come out of her appointment, he got the phone call, and then he was over 42 grand richer, thanks to the Summer Cash Register. That is how easy it is to win life-changing money. And today, you could be winning almost... We're saying about helping out uh, with um, Sean Goldsmith and um, and, and another great jock and uh, former Greatest Hits Radio. And as well as that, you were saying about small-scale DABs. Is that the sort of advice you'd give to anyone who is looking for a career in radio. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I kind of went into it by student radio and they, they still exist today. I mean, a lot of universities have got their own student stations. Not that I'd necessarily advise going to university just to study, to get into radio, because, you know, you don't need any kind of um, qualification or degree to be on the radio. It's not a thing. Um, I went to university to do new media production, which was mainly kind of making websites and 
really obsolete technologies now, like Dreamweaver, stuff like that. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, now it feels like there are more ways than ever to get yourself heard. I've got a community of club DJs that I've known for a long time, and we do um, streams on Mixcloud on a weekend. So we have, you know, a bunch of DJs from all over the world. We do like a two-hour slot. We just live stream them on there, playing house music on a Sunday. Um, we do that every week. We get our own audience on there. Um, we've done club gigs with it. You know, we're taking it around Yorkshire and um, the Midlands and stuff as well, at bars and clubs. So I think now it's... Back in the day, if you, you want to get into radio, generally the way that people would learn would be to kind of, you know, do bedroom radio, as it were. You know, like I used to, you know, practicing mixing on my turntables in my room. Uh, now you could do that on Mixcloud and actually get an audience straight away. So it kind of feels like now there is um, definitely a lot more potential to actually reach an audience and kind of practice your craft live, you know, in front of people and get instant feedback. So I'd say for anyone that wants to get into audio or presenting, as it were, I mean, anyone can set up their own Mixcloud channel and do little radio shows on there, or anyone can start their own podcast, or anyone can start their own YouTube channel, or get involved in, you know, the numerous community stations all over the country. So that is a really good way to get started. And I think the fact that you can actually get find yourself an audience, and I mean, that's the thing these days, if you want to actually do something and you've, you've got a passion for it, you don't actually need a big media company or a big brand behind you. You know, you can do it yourself. Well, on that note, Dan, who is your radio great? Oh, there's a tough one. See, I've worked with so many incredible people, um, many of which we've mentioned on here. But I think, you know, going back to the start of the interview, I'd probably have to say Pete Tong, just because of, uh, you know, there's, there's not many people in the 60s that are still on Radio 1. And, you know, he's been doing that show for, got about, what, 30, 35 years now. Um, one of the longest presenters there. Yeah, I think he's second only to Annie, Annie Nightingale, I think in terms of longevity on Radio 1. So I think he's 62 now and still doing uh, you know, dance music shows on Radio 1. So I think just for what he's done for bringing dance music and house music to the UK as well and uh, you know, the essential mix that is it's just you know, must-listen radio, particularly for me when I was a teenager before I started going out, being able to hear all these uh, you know, DJs from all around the world live from a club in my bedroom. It was like you know, just really bringing that experience home. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say Pete Tong for me would be the radio great that I'll pick for now. But if you ask me next week, I might say someone else. Well, Dan Wood, thank you ever so much for joining me on this edition of Radio Greats today. It's been a pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Luke. And before we do that, though, I just want to make a quick announcement without getting too self-indulgent. You know, I've done the show on Gem during the day for... Ten and a half years now. And today is my very last show here on GEM. So I just want to say what an absolute honour and a privilege it's been. Being on the radio every day for over a decade across the East Midlands, it's honestly been a dream come true. A massive thank you to all the wonderful people, the incredible team that I've worked with here at GEM. And of course, a big thanks to you as well for listening. It's been so good hanging out with you every day for over a decade. And I'm going to miss you so much. But listen, on Monday, make sure you stay with GEM. Tom Green is going to be here. He's a lovely lad. He's going to have all the songs that you love. The throwback hour is going to still be here every morning at 10 o'clock. So please show Tom as much love and warmth as you have to me over the last 10 years. And a big thanks again for listening. Hopefully I'll see you around. Goodbye. Remembering the great DJs of radio. It's Radio Greats with The Live Luke.